What if you could be doing something smarter with your money that creates income now? If you're wanting to get ahead financially and enjoy greater freedom of choice, if you want a comfortable retirement and you know you'll have more choices if you can do more with your money now, if you've wondered who else is creating ways to make their money work for them and you want actionable ideas with honest pros and cons and no fluff, welcome to the Richer Geek Podcast. We're here helping people find creative ways to build wealth and financial freedom. I'm Mike Stoller, and in this podcast, you'll hear from others who are already doing these things and learn how you can too. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Richer Geek Podcast. We have a returning guest just because he's so special with us. We have Brian Davis sparkrental.com he's a real estate investor personal finance writer founder of spark rental he owns fractional shares in over 1500 units and he's a real estate and personal finance expert everyone knows these names inman us news world report bigger pockets and go banking rates how you doing brian michael thank you so much for having me today yeah, you know, it's a pleasure. And, you know, we just wanted to uh, reconnect. It's been a couple of years since you've been on the podcast. Uh, just seeing what's going on in your world, you know, it just uh, how you've dealt with, you know, you're an expat, how you dealt with, uh, I want to get a little bit about with COVID and just maybe being a uh, investor in all these different areas, uh, not living in the United States. So, Let's go back a little bit with your background. Tell, remind everyone who you are, how you got started. Sure. So I got my start in real estate right out of college. I totally fell into a job with, with no intentionality whatsoever. Uh, my stepdad knew a guy who owned a mortgage company, a subprime mortgage lender. This is back in 2003 when subprime mortgages were all the rage. Mm. I'm sure you remember. Um, so I started working for this guy and his company and it, quickly came to light that he and his partner really needed someone to handle their own personal hard money loans that they were lending, as opposed to the the regular Fannie Mae and, and Freddie Mac kind of mortgages that the company was doing. So I started doing hard money loans for real estate investors, watching guys make money hand over fist, uh, doing flips, doing burr deals, all that stuff. I'm like, I could do this. I could do this myself. So I you know plowed all my money into those properties and then 2008 hit and I totally lost my shirt and it was a, As a lot very, of very expensive. Yeah. Yeah. It was an expensive set of lessons, but uh, rather than turning tail and, and walking away from real estate entirely, I, I kind of looked at those losses as tuition, as the cost of education mm -hmm. for real estate and real estate investing. Um, from there, I, I went into the online space because I could no longer make any money as a hard money lender, uh, right? Because <laughs> no one was doing that anymore. Uh, you know, no one was flipping houses anymore. No one was was buying and renovating deals anymore. Even though it was probably a good time to buy and hold uh, deals, but uh, yeah, there was no money to be made doing that. So I had to totally change jobs. You know, in the midst of all my investments totally melting down. Uh, but I got into the online space doing deal or uh, it was legal forms for rental investors and landlords. And so I learned online marketing and how, uh, you know, SaaS company works or, and e-commerce companies 
And in 2015, split off. And I guess uh, I guess it was early 2016. <laughs> uh, split off, started Spark Runnel with a former colleague of mine. And it has taken a lot of uh, unexpected turns over the years. You know, it our product suite has evolved in ways that we never expected. Um, and in fact, the last time you and I spoke on this show, uh, Spark Runnel's current main focus was not even a twinkle in our eyes yet. <laughs> so, um, yeah, no, it's, it's been a fun journey. Yeah. Uh, to be and sure. it's, yeah, it's amazing, you know, catching up with people. So, you know, sometimes you're on podcasts, you're like, Oh, you know, I wonder what this guy's doing. And just to see that you've kept on it and, you know, everybody spark rental, R E N T A L.com. Go check it out. Um, for everyone out there, where are you living now, Brian? Uh, we just moved to Lima, Peru. We were formerly in Brazil. We were in the capital city, Brasilia. And before that, we were in Abu Dhabi, uh, the capital of the UAE. Yeah, I just noticed it's like every time I come across you, it's like going, the, the guy doesn't stay put you know, for very long. He's always <laughs> in these. But, you know, that is the greatest thing, everybody, about being a real estate investor, doing your own thing. You could live in an RV or you could live in Peru, it, it, you know. You live on a mountaintop. As long as you have internet connection, you can do your job, and it's just fantastic. So let talk to us a little bit about your concentration with Spark Rental. We're going to get into a little bit about how our listeners can be passive investors. But what's your concentrations on that right now? Yeah, so let me back up just one moment. Um, when we first launched Spark Rental, we thought that our main business was going to be property management software specifically designed for small landlords, you know, mom and pop landlords with three units, five units, 10 units, you know, uh, people who are working unrelated jobs and, you know, just wanted to own some rental properties on the side. And we, we do offer that. We do offer that to this day. But what we have discovered is that our audience is more interested in both learning real estate investing and also joining us in investments. So when we first started hearing feedback from our audience, you know, the first thing we heard was, you know, how can I learn more about, you know, this aspect of real estate investing or that aspect? So we, we built out this huge blog. We've got, I don't know, 450, 500 articles on there at this point. We started a podcast. We started doing webinars and online classes. We created free online courses. We created a, a premium online course all about, you know, how to build passive income from real estate, reach financial independence from real estate. And then as we started digging into what our students wanted from there and you know having more of those one-on-one -on -one conversations with actual paying students of ours, what came up again and again is can I invest on with you guys? Like can I invest alongside you guys in some of the deals that you're doing? Mm -hmm. And you know, Denny and I at first was like, no, <laughs> we can't do that. Uh, and then we were like, well, maybe we could do that. So we we experimented with a couple single family home investment properties where we opened it up to our students to, to invest alongside of us. And it was intended as sort of a, a learning tool, uh, but also a way to, you know, earn while you learn or learn while you earn, if you will. Um, yeah. And then, you know, we did a couple of those and that was way too much work, right? I mean, it was, it was, it was a lot of work and not a lot of money, uh, you know, for the amount of work involved. So we kind of went back to the drawing board and we were like, oh, this is not making sense financially. It's, you know, it's, it's taking up way too much of our time. 
And it was around that time that I discovered passive real estate syndications. And I, you know, I had started investing in some of those by myself, you know, or individually. And I went back to Denny and I was like, what if, what if we did this as an investment club for our students? And, you know, she's like, is that legal? <laughs> so we had to, we had to talk to some attorneys and, and figure that out. Um, but it turns out it is legal. Um, so we did. We launched an investment club, a real estate investment club around passive investments, uh, syndications specifically. And every month we invest in a new syndication deal. We, we propose it to our club and whoever wants to invest in it can do so. Uh, no one has to do anything if they don't want to. Um, but the the big differentiator is that it's five thousand dollars minimum per club member to invest in a deal instead of the typical fifty or a hundred thousand right. dollars that you normally need to invest in a real estate syndication deal. So it's a huge difference there. Uh, we also only do deals that allow non-accredited investors, so we can keep it inclusive for all of our members, all of our students, uh, and not just the wealthy ones. Uh, but you know, for the wealthier people too, that lets them spread their money among a lot more deals, right? So you know, even if you have all the money in the world. It's still nicer to uh, to have more investments, you know, uh, spread across uh, different states, cities, different operators, uh, different types of properties. You know, self storage, mobile home parks, multifamily. Um, you know, even outdoor uh, um, uh, hospitality. You know, like mm -hmm. RV parks and uh, campgrounds. So yeah, we're we're really big on diversification, letting people spread smaller amounts of money across more deals. And it's very interesting, you know, there's, I believe you might be the first one or maybe one of two that allow non-accredited investors. You know, usually it's like, oh my God, you know, it's just, I don't know this. I, I only do accredited investors in my syndications. What are some of the challenges or, or differences? I know it's a different reg. It's still under Reg D, but still a lot more paperwork, um, a lot more scrutiny. Tell us a little bit about the paperwork that, you know, some of my listeners might've done some accredited stuff, but when the, those that are non-accredited, what can they expect when they get started? Yeah. So that's, I'm glad you asked that question. So we are not syndicators ourselves. Mm -hmm. uh, we are not selling securities. We don't take a, a cut of any of the money that's invested in any of these deals. In fact, quite the opposite. We invest our own personal money in each one of these deals. So we are not we're not raising funds on behalf of syndicators. You know, we're, we're not, yeah, again, we're not selling uh, securities. Mm -hmm. So that means that we can only invest in 506B deals uh, or, you know, a small number of other regulatory types that allow non-accredited investors um, in, in the deals that we propose in our investment club. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that does restrict us some. Um, but that's a price that we're willing to pay to stay inclusive so that all of our members can participate in every single deal. Now, in the future, you know, we might start offering some some bonus deals that are accredited only. Uh, but our our pledge and our promise to our club members is on average every single month or on average once a month, we're going to propose a new deal and it will allow non-accredited investors and you can participate with as little as five grand. Wow. Um, I mean, that's fantastic. You know, it's just, it does, it opens up all these, you know, I may say younger people that are just getting started and want to learn and sure. just say, Hey, you know, uh, cause I, I know I was just reading a, a, uh, Wall Street Journal article 
That said, the younger generations, they really shy away from the stock market. They're actually looking for alternative assets to invest in just because, you know, that's what grandpa and dad did, you know, in the stock market and, you know, they pulled their hair out. Um, so what, go ahead, go ahead, Brian. Well, you know, I was just going to say, so a lot of people, you know, millennials in particular who were reaching their, their young adult years around the crash of 2008 really saw their parents uh, suffer <laughs> uh, during the, the stock market crash uh, and maybe too with real estate, right? Because real estate had a hard time uh, then as well. But I think that left a pretty deep impression on the millennial generation in particular, um, you know, watching their parents' stock portfolios, you know, cut in half. Um, that left an impression on them. Now, Gen Z, you know, who is now reaching their, their young adult years, they were pretty young then. Mm -hmm. uh, so it may not have left as much of an impression on them. But I, I think for a lot of people who were in their late teens, in their 20s, you know, for the 2008 crash, uh, watching their parents' uh, retirement nest egg, you know, get cut in half over the course of a few months, I think that was really terrifying for their parents and and scary for those young adults to watch and to witness so uh, yeah I, I think you're right that a lot of young adults today uh, are very wary of the stock market you know the stock market obviously had a great bull run during the teens um you know obviously 2022 was not a great year for stocks but uh but yeah no i i think i think that 2008 and the the great recession did leave a uh, some scars <laughs> in the memory yeah. of uh, a lot of young investors yeah and and old and you know everyone also sure but, yeah <laughs> um that's why I, I diversify definitely yeah so what is your average time someone comes in they give you five thousand dollars and uh quarterly dividends you know tell us a little bit what they expect what what's what's kind of the the flow of your investment? Sure. So what we do is when a deal comes along that we think is a good fit for our club, we'll email all the club members and we'll schedule a face-to-face -face, you know, online face-to-face -face meeting, you know, a video call with the sponsor of that deal so that our club members can grill them in real time, uh, ask them questions directly. It's really important to us that Denny and I are not the ones who are vetting deals you know, on behalf half of the club members, you know, we, we vet them as a club. Um, that's probably also an important distinction legally, <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, we're not the ones who are vetting this. It's, you know, all of us together are vetting these deals. Um, and then anyone who wants to participate in that month's deal just lets us know by email. We create a new LLC. We open a new joint bank account for that LLC specifically. We, you know, we gather all the, the investors funds in that new joint bank account, invest in the syndication deal. And then, you know, the, our joint bank account gets paid out with distributions once distributions start, which could be as soon as a couple months, or it could take a couple years, you know, depending on the deal, right? Uh, and what we do is we uh, elect a treasurer for each deal, and that treasurer will uh, redistribute everybody's distributions uh, back out to them, you know, as they come in. Uh, typically quarterly is how often we do that, you know, regardless of whether the uh, distributions get paid monthly or quarterly, uh, it just keeps things easier for the, uh, for the treasurer if they can send them out quarterly. Um, but yeah, everyone gets their, their cut, you know, proportionate to what they invested. And when the, when the syndication closes, you know, when they sell the property or if they refinance for infinite returns, uh, everybody gets paid out again, proportionate to what they invested.
And how do they find, how do they come across these, these deals? Is it each club member just submits it or are there other GPs that come to your club? How do you oh, find? So, yeah. So that's, that's part of the service that Denny, my partner and I are offering mm-hmm. here is we network with sponsors. We get on all of their investor email lists mm-hmm. and you know, we just keep an eye on, on deals as they come down the pipeline from all these different sponsors that allow non-accredited investors. And you know, when we see one that looks promising, we send it out to the club and say, hey, this is a deal that we think looks promising for this month. We've scheduled a, a call with the sponsor for you know two days from now or whatever. Uh, you know, come come join us. Uh, we're going to grill the sponsor together. Uh, we record the meeting and send it out to anyone who can't make it. Um, and if we don't end up raising enough money from club members to meet the minimum investment for that deal, uh, we basically consider that a, a no vote, <laughs> you know, by the club, and we move on to the next deal. So you know that doesn't happen often. It has happened once. So you know. Uh, again, it's it's a it's a democracy, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Denny and I aren't telling people what to invest in. We're not vetting deals for them. We're just passing along deals that we think are a good fit mm-hmm. uh, or that look promising, and then we vet them together as a club. Yeah, it's that's really a cool way to do it. You know, it's, for me, I, I think that's the only one that I've seen where it's like an investment club, and, and you kind of pull your resources, pull your thoughts, pull your knowledge together. It's really cool. And we've been talking about your uh, investment club. And so I, I know everyone's going to go to sparkrental.com and say, okay, how do I get in this investment club? What's it all about? Once they hit your website, what do they need to do to learn more about the investment club? Sure. So uh, just click on the menu bar, co-investing club. And we have a little 86 second animated video that explains it. Uh, or you can read about how it works, all the details on that page. Uh, the The only cost is a flat monthly or annual fee. Uh, again, Denny and I don't take a cut of any of the investments that would be selling securities, which we're definitely not doing. Uh, so uh, yeah, it's, it's a flat membership fee to belong to the club. All the deals are optional. So you know you can pass on deals that you aren't feeling, or you can invest in all of them that you like. So That's very cool. Because uh, they, they go into a, like a member portal, and then they click on some stuff, and here's the list of all the different goodies and the things that they can invest in and, and then diversify their portfolio. What are some of the things, you know, single family, short term, what are some of the, the things that you're working on right now that are open? Uh, yeah. So it's, it's not a list of open deals. I just want to clarify that. Okay. Um, we, we pass along new deals every month, uh, but, then, you know, they're only open for a short window and then they close because uh, most of these are real estate syndications, right? Where there's a, a one-time raise that the sponsor is, is raising money for and then they and then they buy the property and renovate it and, and so forth. Um, so it's not, there isn't a list of open investments, if you will. Uh, it's as deals come along, we pass them on to the club. Anyone who wants to participate can, other, you know. Uh, but to, to answer your question on what we're investing in, the bread and butter is really multifamily value add syndications because those are just, you know, the easiest to find. <laughs> there, there are plenty of those to go around. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you can think of them as glorified flips, right? You know, someone buys a rundown apartment complex, they go in, they renovate it to add value, uh, raise the rents appropriately, and then turn around and sell the the property uh, or refinance it and keep it for infinite returns, right? Where we all get our money back that way instead uh, and keep collecting cash flow, even though we've gotten our investment capital back. 
but yeah, beyond multifamily apartment complexes, we, again, we love diversification. So we are open to all types of real estate deals. Uh, we've done industrial properties. We've done mobile home parks. We've done uh, retail. We are in the middle of looking at a self-storage deal. Um, we've also, we've even done a note. Uh, you know, it wasn't a syndication deal at all. It was a short-term note uh, just to mix things up and offer something a little bit different, you know, more of an income-oriented investment. Um, so yeah, it's it's a mix. I, but again, the bread and butter, multifamily, you know, apartment complexes, uh, but we we try to mix it up as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Different sponsors, different markets, different types of properties. Uh, yeah, diversification is our our number one goal. Now, if there's any GPs out there listening to our podcast, and they're like, going, "Ooh, I may have another audience for my syndication," <laughs> <laughs> how does the GP get a hold of you? Go to sparkrental.com and or what's yeah, yeah. You can either email us at support at sparkrunnel.com or email me personally, brian at sparkrunnel.com. Well, there you go. Now, what's very cool when looking at your website is just all the freebies, just all of the stuff that it's like, I, I even want to dig into some of these, you know. So tell us about some of these, you know, the calculators and the cash flow calculators, loan amortization, compounding stuff, just all the interactive type stuff. So talk a little bit about all the free tools and the knowledge and education center that your, your site has actually become. Yeah. So, you know, some of my favorite on there is uh, we create these interactive maps that we update every quarter and it's things like you know, where, which real estate markets are cooling right now, you know, which has mm. been a big question over the last year. Right. Um, you know, two years ago, there were probably zero markets that were cooling, but, you know, at times over the last year, there have been several hundred markets that were cooling mm -hmm. uh, and seeing, you know, price declines. So, you know, maps like that, you know, we have real estate heat maps that show the average uh, pr property value by county uh, and a whole bunch of other just interactive real estate maps that are that are fun for investors to look at and play around with. Uh, you know, we have a map for uh, cities by GRM or gross rent multiplier, just to give you some ideas of, you know, which cities offer a pretty good price to rent ratio, right? Uh, to give you some fresh ideas on maybe where to invest uh, that maybe you haven't heard of before or haven't considered before. Um, but yeah, we also offer a whole bunch of free calculators, uh, you know, rental cash flow calculators, IRR calculators, gross rent multiplier calculators. <laughs> um, you know, there's a, there's depreciation calculators. There's, there's all that stuff on there. This just fun to play around with, uh, help you make more informed real estate investing decisions. I know that when I first started buying rental properties, I wish that I <laughs> had sat down oh, and yeah. run those numbers through a, a real estate cash flow calculator because I probably wouldn't have made so many bad investments. Uh, but mm -hmm. you know, you because you do have to take into account those irregular expenses like vacancy rate and repairs and maintenance. Um, you have to take into account property management costs, even if you plan on managing the property yourself, because you know, first of all, you might get hit by a car tomorrow and not be able to manage those properties yourself anymore. Uh, or you, even if you do continue managing yourself, it's still a labor expense, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're going to calculate the returns of a rental property, for example, versus like a stock index fund, one of those is completely passive. The other one takes a lot of your time and labor. So That's it's right. apples and oranges. If you aren't accounting for the cost of that labor, even if it's your own labor. So anyway, I went on a little bit of a tangent there. But, um. <laughs> That's all right. Well, because a lot of people don't realize that the, the 
the big brother, the government, at some point, you're going to need to take a salary. You can't just work on your five or six or 10 rentals and not take money. At some point, you know, they're going to want to see some type of a salary taken out. So you do have to, to consider that because uh, I didn't want to, you know, when I got up into five and 10, I'm like, no, nah, I'll just take a, an owner's draw just once in a while, you know, because I don't need the money. And the CPA goes, no, it's time to start taking something out. So you have to do that. Um, and yes, man, did I wish, you know, I started investing, you know, we talked about this, I call it the PG pre Google days. So I didn't even know that what those terms were, you know, and there was no one there to teach me. So everybody, you have no excuse anymore. Sparkrental.com and they have every freaking calculator. Uh, you know, I'm looking on the site. You can compare loan terms. You can compare crowdfunding platforms. You can calculate till the cows come home, basically, you know, all the different stuff. So please go to sparkrental.com and just play around and, you know, and, and learn what those different terms are that we've been discussing. Just absolutely. You know, yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you mentioned the, the crowdfunding comparison. Uh, I've invested in many, if not most of those real estate crowdfunding platforms myself, uh, mostly so that I can you know, speak from experience uh, in reviewing them, comparing them, talking about them on our site. Mm -hmm. uh, there are a, a handful of them I, I really like, and I invest a, a pretty significant sum of my own money in. Um, but I have invested in a lot of those myself, uh, most of them myself. And um, yeah, it's it's a great way if you are very new to real estate investing, you want to dip your toe in the water, uh, investing 10 bucks uh, on a platform like Fundrise uh, or you know investing in a platform like Ground Floor. Uh, it can be a really easy way to get started with in real estate in a passive way uh, when you're not ready yet to get into a syndication, right? Yeah, exactly. And uh, you you also have a blog where, you, you know, everyone is very informative. You know, I'm looking at a couple, you know, what are squatters rights? You know, you don't think about that all the time. Until you, but, until you have to. <laughs> until, until you have to. And, and, and you know, another thing, I'm, I'm sure, Brian, that you know, is depending on where you invest and what state, that's also something you really have to worry about now. You know, if, if you're a squatter in California, you know, good for you because you could live for free for, you know, six or seven months or more. Arizona, no, you know, five days and you're out and the cops will show up, change, you know, and, and kick you out. So, you know, tell us a little bit about some of the state laws and some of the things you have to kind of worry about when you invest in things. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm really glad that you brought that up actually. <laughs> uh, so I, this is maybe politically incorrect, but so we created this, uh, uh, an interactive map on the site actually of anti-landlord laws. Yeah. Um, because that's really what they are. I mean, the cities and States that have aggressively tenant-friendly laws, mm -hmm. uh, that, that's tenant-friendly at the expense of landlords and investors, right? And this is a little bit of a, you know, a personal hobby horse for me because I got burned so badly by how tenant-friendly Baltimore City's laws are. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the laws are super anti-landlord. Every judge in the city is super anti-landlord. So yeah, I mean, I've, I've had tenants take 11 months to evict living rent-free. And when I finally got them out, they punched through every single cabinet in the kitchen. They scratched up all the floors intentionally. Um, 
I mean, yeah, I, I've, whereas that kind of thing is a lot harder to happen in states with more investor-friendly laws, right? So that is also one thing that we look at with our uh, with the deals we propose in the co-investing club. Uh, yes, we want as much geographic diversification as possible, um, but we try not to invest in areas with very anti-landlord laws and regulations. Yeah, and you know, again, it's not a political thing. It's it's called a smart business decision, right? Yeah, because it has a very direct impact on your bottom line. Yeah, <laughs> so, it does. Yeah, it's it's not an opinion thing. It's 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 about money. It's <laughs> yeah. about money, and we're trying to run a business, and we're trying to make money for our investors. You know, so those are things, and that's where I learned during COVID. It's like, oh, whoa, you know, there's another thing that I have to worry about is, are you going to shut me down or not? You know, not only are they landlord friendly, but are they just going to shut me down? You know? Yeah. And now that that is a risk that we all have to take into account as investors, right? Uh, that That play of eviction moratoriums, that's in the government's playbook now. Mm -hmm. The precedent has been set. So when it becomes politically expedient, again, for governments, whether that's the federal government or state and local governments, to institute an eviction moratorium, they will do it when it's politically expedient. Uh, you know, five years ago, I would not have considered that a realistic risk. Right. Now it is. Uh, the precedent has been set. And very tenant-friendly states and cities are going to be much more likely to impose eviction moratoriums in the future than more investor-friendly cities and states. Yeah, and it's a shame, you know, because you know we're the we're the big bad rich people, and you know, I if if you found my private jet, you know, let me know where it is. Likewise. <laughs> you know, yeah, because they they apparently think that all the landlords out there just have money to burn. Um, but anyway, yeah. So your podcast. Talk a little, a little bit about that. Uh, everybody, I was just on Brian's podcast. It was, it was very cool. Um, where can they yeah. find your your podcast? So we broadcast our podcast on Facebook, on YouTube. We release it on all the major podcast platforms, you know, uh, iTunes and, and so forth. Um, we do it once a week. It's called the Live Off Friends podcast. And it's casual. It's short and sweet. We try to keep the episodes to 15, 20 minutes, try to condense as much information as possible into you know as short amount of time as possible because we're all busy, right? <laughs> I, I tried to talk fast when I was on it. And I was like, okay, I've got to, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> well, you know, because yes, we've all heard podcast episodes that were an hour or two hours long that were interesting and were in-depth conversations. But even if someone recommends to me this outstanding podcast episode that's two hours long i'm gonna be like do i have two hours for that yeah. i don't know I'm not, I'm not in la traffic you know right <laughs> <laughs> so you know but everyone's got 15 or 20 minutes right absolutely um, so absolutely. that's why we try to keep them short and sweet so uh before we leave uh where can everyone find you you know sparkrunnel.com linkedin oh yeah yeah we're on LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, uh, Instagram, you know, all the, the major social platforms. Um, and, you know, you can reach out to us by email, either support at sparkrunnel.com. You can reach me personally at brian at sparkrunnel.com. Uh, we're very accessible. We answer all of these emails ourselves. Uh, we don't have a whole bunch of minions out there <laughs> answering these emails for us. We're a, very much a mom and pop company. Um, 
and that's important to us. That's the core value of ours to be, you know, a little, little quirky, a little, uh, you know, to be short, small and mavericks and, and, you know, be very personal. Absolutely. And I think everyone appreciates that instead of just being a number at one of these large private, private equity firms, it's like, wow, I actually get to talk with the owners, you know, and the general partners. Um, Brian, it has been wonderful. It was great to see you again. Everybody, again, sparkrental.com. There's no excuses anymore. <laughs> you have the site with all the information. I'm actually going to go start playing around on it. But, uh, Brian, thank you so much for being on the Richard. Uh, Mike, thank you so much for having me on. It's been a pleasure. Take care, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Richard Geek Podcast, where we're helping others find creative ways to build wealth and financial freedom. For today's show notes, including all the links and resources from our show and more information about our guests, visit us at www.therichardgeek.com slash podcast. And don't forget to jump over to Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts and hit the subscribe button. Share with others who could benefit from listening and leave a rating and review to get the podcast in front of more eyes. I appreciate you. And thanks for listening.